everyone. Thanks for tuning in to a brand new episode of our Sea Road Community Podcast. My name is Jason. I'm your host again today. And with me is one of our LBA board members, our local board of administration board members, Emily Dudgeon. Hello, Emily. Hello. I am so glad to share in this conversation with you as we're right in the middle of the Book of James series as a church, and we're going to have a little bit of fun. But first of all, some people are going to know who Emily is. Some people may not yet know who you are and how awesome you are. So why don't you give us a little bit about who is Emily? Where did you grow up? Do you have any siblings? And is there like a favorite job or a favorite snack that you had as a kid that you're like, oh man, this was me. This was a an epitome of who I was as a younger child. Sure, yeah, thanks for the intro. Uh, my name is Emily Dudgeon. I was born and raised in Brockville, Ontario. I uh, went to St. John Bosco School as an elementary student. I went to St. Mary as high school student. And I went to Queen's University to study uh, biology and French in the concurrent education program. So to become a teacher. And I moved home after university just to kind of enjoy my summer. And I was lucky enough to have uh, my French qualifications and I was offered a job right away in September. So I never left and Brockville became my home as an adult. And it's where I brought my fiance. It's where we've started our family and we have a beautiful home. We're so happy here. I just love, you know, as a kid, I really couldn't wait to get out of Brockville. And now as an adult, I see the charm and I see why it's such a great place to grow up and raise kids and have a family and also to come back to you as an adult and just enjoy There's lots, there's lots here. Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah was, what was the other thing you asked me about? Um, siblings. Do you have any siblings? Oh yes, I do. I have a younger sister. Her name is Laura and actually she's about to get married. So we're very excited for her. It's been kind of a COVID roller coaster for her because sure. She was meant to get uh, married last May and then the pandemic began and she postponed till September and we were still in a pandemic. <laughs> so she postponed again till May and we were still in a pandemic. So she's now decided that June is when she is finally tying the knot with her awesome fiance, Nathan. We are so excited to finally welcome him into our family officially and the two of them are really looking forward to setting up their family and they live they live in Ottawa so we get to see them lots my mom and dad still live in the house where I grew up down the street cool. and yeah we bought our house here about two years ago so I really enjoy having my parents so close and my sister only an hour away yeah that's super awesome and living on the same street you grew up on that's kind of neat Lots of cool experience, I imagine. Okay, so the other part was a favorite snack. Did you have like a favorite snack as a kid that you were like, I came home from school, if I had this, didn't matter what that day was like, it was going to be a great rest of my evening? Oh my gosh, you know what? I think the first thing that comes to mind, and maybe I'm biased because I'm really looking forward to fresh strawberry season here in Brockville. Mm -hmm. We have some great local spots to go and pick, and strawberries were always my favorite. Everybody knew that Emily loved strawberries, and uh, I looked forward to that June, you know, kind of end of 
end of the school year was coming. I knew that strawberry season was approaching and we would have fresh strawberries to eat. And now as an adult, I hoard them and I <laughs> will pick, I will pick, you know, baskets and baskets full of them and I freeze them and I have them in my, my freezer. I think like a quarter of my freezer is taken up by fresh local strawberries. And then I get to enjoy them probably till about January when I run out <laughs> and then I look forward to June again. <laughs> That's a wonderful thing. I like how you ration it. You know, it's like a reward yeah. at the end of a long day or an end of a long week and dipped oh, yeah. in chocolate, dipped in chocolate. And it probably just even goes to another level. It does. And those are not smoothie berries. Like those are berries you just eat straight up or put in baked goods. If you want a smoothie, you buy the store-bought ones. If you want something good, you eat the local ones. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tips on smoothies, everybody, and also snacks. So I love that. Thanks so much for sharing. Hey, you mentioned that you are a teacher. You're in an education system. Thank you for investing in kids. Why did you want to get into education? Like, did you have a favorite teacher growing up that you were like, oh my goodness, if I could be like Mr. So-and-so or Miss So-and-so, that would be amazing. What was your draw to get into education? I had a very positive experience in elementary school. And I think that, you know, having such positive role models as teachers encouraged me to love school and I loved learning and I, and I loved working with kids and I can pinpoint it down to grade three. My teacher was Mrs. Fraser and I had her as a teacher in kindergarten, senior kindergarten. And then she moved up to grade three and it was in grade three. I, I specifically remember saying to myself, I am going to be a teacher when I grow up. And mm. part of it was that I just loved little kids, you know, even at the age of what, eight or nine, I really liked little kids. And I volunteered at my church. I did the nursery program for a little while. And then when I was older, I was allowed to do the kids ministry. So I, helped the kids ministry and I kind of got into teaching I suppose as early as high school because I was in charge of running the the kindergarten kind of the four ages four and five preschool well I guess they're kindergarten age not preschool but uh, running that program at our church and I really enjoyed that I just I don't know I think my my spirit and my personality and my creativity lend itself well to working with with young children my forte is definitely um the elementary panel I, I do not feel myself skilled in intermediate and senior studies that's more my husband's forte um, <laughs> so we kind of balance each other out really well that way actually but yeah it was it was Mrs. Fraser my grade three teacher and um actually I'm still in contact with her as an adult and oh, cool yeah she every once in a while she'll remember something that I had done as a child and uh, I remember she used to tell me she used to tell me I would get excited about the smallest things and she knew that you know I love school and I would come in and there'd be new markers and I'd be the most excited kid in the class oh, there's new markers <laughs> and just you know that joy in the little things and I enjoy sharing those those little moments with kids too, you know, the new markers and just, 
you know, exploring those new ideas with kids and seeing them process it and learn it, it just bring it brings me joy. And I have a level of patience. I don't know where it came from, <laughs> but um, my patience is definitely a gift in uh, in my teaching journey. Absolutely, it would be. I, I love that memory about Mrs. Fraser and the cool thing that you're still in contact with her even to this day, which is kind of neat. One of the many blessings about like being in the same town that you grew up in, you get these long-term relational connections that grow and change over time, which is super interesting. Not all of us get the, the benefit or the privilege of that, but it's cool when it does happen and we can we can see it and learn from it. Uh, one of my favorite teachers was Mr. Brightwright. I loved him. I, I actually called him dad one day. Uh, that oh. was by... That was by accident entirely. But of course, I was ridiculed the entire rest of the day because everybody heard it. Hey, dad. And I'm like, oh, I mean, Mr. Break, right? Uh, he just he had a great reading voice like our our um, reward, I guess you could call it for doing well in our learning is he would read from us, read to us uh, from uh, like a series like Lord of the Rings or uh, Prince Caspian or something like that. He'd read a chapter and he just had a great reading voice that was quite soothing and interesting to listen to. And he was awesome. He also loved Jesus, which that was really cool. Like he went to my local church and so I would see him on Sunday, but also not cool because then he had direct access to my parents <laughs> when, you know, that he needed to inform them of some things that I was doing or not doing in the classroom. Um, that probably has changed a lot in this last year with the pandemic, just being in the classroom and, and working with kids. So first of all, I just want to thank you and Corey and all of our educators who have still found a way to consistently immerse learning into the lives of our next generation. But man, that's it's got to be difficult just balancing all the health restrictions and changing your process, maybe even as an as a educator to maybe be both online when we were online and in person. I know you had to do that. Uh, what was the most challenging part of this last pandemic as a, as an educator? That is a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Maybe this just year, give us no, one snippet. I mean, yeah. Okay. Um, you know, this year has, has hands down been the most challenging and frustrating year of my career just in that I had to pivot my whole program because mm -hmm. you know I really value um, group work and the kids learning from each other and you know bringing bringing kids together with with like abilities so you know if, if I've got a group of kids that are really strong in this skill I'm going to, you know, go with that. And if I've got a, another group of kids that, that really just need help and need focus on, you know, maybe, maybe a reading concept, I will take them and we'll work on that. Or I'll send a group of kids to work on a project together. And I, I really value that collaborative learning and that, that inquiry process where kids get to ask questions and find out the answers for themselves. And I just, I, I really couldn't find a way to to teach that way this year, just because of the physical distancing and the protocols and no sharing of, right. you know, the physical tools, the kids couldn't, they weren't allowed to pass a marker back and forth and share a big piece of paper. 
and you know they weren't allowed to get up and mingle and move around and that is something that again I really value like I there's so much importance in in giving kids that that little just that little body break you know everybody write your answer on a piece on a little sticky note and when you're done come and put it on the on the class poster and we'll talk about it like even that I I just it was really challenging and I my heart went out to those kids because so many kids just love their teachers and mm-hmm. want to give them a hug or a high five in the morning you know yeah. or a handshake and just to say to them space space I need more space broke my heart and yeah. you could see the kids that just longed for a hug from someone that loved them and and cared about them and that was that I think was definitely the hardest part was not being able to to be there in that that way for those kids who maybe don't have the best life at home and, and don't have someone that in, that invests in them yeah yeah definitely yeah. and I think as we've transitioned to primarily online for the most of this the school year you probably have even noticed that I mean trying to we've got two young kids in uh, JK right now and they're in French immersion so trying to do French immersion JK from home (laughs) it's different when you know grade four grade six grade eight or high school it's still a challenge but it's a little bit different it's for the younger age of that spectrum that it would be the most challenging trying to figure out why is it that i can't like you said share a marker or give a hug or a high five and and hopefully we're going to be behind this really shortly and and things can can roll into a new normal whatever that's going to look like and our education system will continue to move forward. So again, just thank you for for how you invest in kids. I think that's really incredible. And I know it's been a stressful year, but thank you for sticking with it and investing even amongst all the challenges. I got a couple other questions for you. Uh, the first one is what do you love or do you love anything about being a part of Sea Road? Oh my goodness. I, (laughs) of course, there's things I love. I love the community. I love when I walk into that church. I remember, I I very, very vividly remember the very first time I decided to check out Sea Road. It was October, 2010. I have it written down on a piece of paper, actually on a, on a cross um, to remind me of that day. And, and I walked into the boulevard and there was laughter and there was people hugging and there were people sharing coffee and there were kids running around and just, you could feel the life and the joy of that, of, of our community. And I immediately went, you know, kind of thought in my head, I think this is where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, walking into the sanctuary, same thing. And just being, just feeling so invited by the music and the praise that that we were singing in the worship i i really connect to worship music um that is definitely how i how i talk to god and just seeing it was it was the people like just seeing how everybody supported one another and shared in their faith and talked about their faith it wasn't something that that wasn't something i really grew up with and mm. it was a whole new concept for me just to have that joy and that freedom in Christ. And I, I loved it. And I, and I 
never stopped. <laughs> I've been there ever since. Well, that's awesome. We are so glad that you and your family are part of our community. And what a cool moment and memory that you can pinpoint exactly your first experience and that it was so life-giving to you. That's really cool. You said something there, so now I'm going to ask you another question. You said you, <laughs> love, you love worship music. Do you have like a favorite song right now that you're like, this is my go-to? I love this yeah. one. Favorite worship song right now. I'm assuming it's probably about Jesus. Yeah. You know what? I can't. <laughs> I have a whole playlist that I just pop on. Um, there's not one specifically. It's okay if you don't have, yeah, if you don't have a, a number one, that's okay. No. What give it give me one on that's on that playlist. One that's on How Great Is Our God. Yeah, that's a good one. I learned that one when I was a teenager at summer camp and I uh it's when I it's when I go back to a lot you know because it's just it's simple it's easy to remember and it's true how great is our God he's he's amazing like he's done amazing things in my life and I see the work he's done in other people's lives and you know, if I'm having a bad day or a low day or feeling discouraged, it's one that still lifts me up. And if I'm having a great day, it's one that I can still enjoy. You know, it's, it's, it's not one that I pull out when I need it. It's one that I enjoy all the time. Mm, that's good. It's good to have those things. And I think you and my wife are going to enjoy getting to know each other over the years because she loves music as well always has it going on playlist style and it's really just kind of neat so i really understand and resonate with your connection to music in that way we're in this series from the book of james just kind of walking through it as a church studying it individually if we have time or if we want to engage in that and and learning from our talks on sunday just different aspects that we're highlighting and this past sunday pastor justin kind of hit on chapter three and chapter three is all about the power of our tongue right mm -hmm. words and so my next questions i know i said i had two but there's a series of them um <laughs> it's all about that can you think of a time when someone shared something with you and it was an encouragement to you like what did what was that moment and how did it make you feel I thought about this question all weekend and I really struggled with finding an answer. And I think, you know, my husband and I talked about this over dinner last night and, uh, and, you know, we kind of came to the consensus that it's, it's, you know, teachers get, especially as teachers, we get told when we're doing a bad job, mm -hmm. <laughs> but we don't, we don't often hear when we're doing a good job. And so those memories, like, it's just hard to kind of pinpoint something really encouraging. And it wasn't until you and I were just talking about favorite teachers that I remembered something that happened about a year ago. Um, a friend of mine uh, from Bible study, she texted me and said, did you have this student in your class a few years ago? And I said, Oh, yes, I did. Why? Because she's a teacher at um, another local school. And she said, well, I asked the kids to write about 
um, a teacher that impacted their lives. And this student wrote about Madame Dudgeon and I thought it might be you. So I'm gonna send it to you. And it was the most beautiful um, letter, reflection, maybe reflection, that was it. Like a reflection. I think it was a student graduating grade eight, going into grade nine. Um, you know, and they were kind of asked to think about this trend, this transition year and, and what it means to them. And I cried because <laughs> it was so, it was, it was beautiful. And it was so humbling to he hear a student kind of come back and, and tell me the difference that I had made in their life. And th actually this was a student that I had taught in senior kindergarten so oh gosh like seven years ago probably and then I had her again in grade four grade five and and she wrote about how she started school you know her junior kindergarten year she started school in the English program and in senior kindergarten she moved over to the French immersion program and had thanked me for being encouraging and helping her catch up and being patient and just loving school and French so much. It made her love it too. And it was beautiful. And I, I keep meaning to print it out and put it somewhere for those days when I am feeling discouraged to remember that I do make a difference. And there will be at least one student who remembers me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's a great story, and I'm I'm glad that that uh, God brought that to mind, even in our conversation right now. You you and Corey are, are absolutely correct. It's really interesting how often we remember the negative experiences in our lives more so than the positive. Whether that's because all we ever get is negative, or we, as just human beings, just have that that kind of a little bit of a tendency to focus a little bit more on the absence, like where we need to grow or something negative that happened to us. So that's my other series of questions. Is there a specific memory uh, of a time when you were shared something hurtful? Um, and then how did you respond in that moment? Um, in that moment, I was shocked. <laughs> it was very hurtful. Yeah, I, I was shocked. And I, I, I specifically remember saying, you can't talk to me that way mm. and I'm going to walk away. And I was, again, I was so shocked. Like I just started shaking and I didn't know what to say and I didn't know what to do. And my, my immediate reaction was anger because I didn't feel like what I, what I had said was something negative. And uh, this person had had interpreted that interpreted it that way. Yeah. And uh, afterwards, there was a lot of crying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And a lot, a lot of yeah, a lot of crying. <laughs> yeah, that old that old saying like sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's so wrong <laughs> because oh, yeah. words are painful. We take them with us. We take them with us. They're, they can create deep wounds within us. And so, again, that reminder from James chapter 3 and encouragement from Pastor Justin to be able to speak life wherever we go, that's such an important thing for us as Christians, I think, to grasp that we can change the narrative 
maybe you've heard this stat as a teacher, but when somebody believes a lie or an untruth or something negative, they need 10 different affirmations to begin to kind of equal out uh, or balance the scales of influence uh, of words in their, their mind and in their heart. And it makes it that much more important that we are people who are encouraging. That doesn't mean we avoid hard, hard conversations, but we do have to be uh, really giving when it comes to our encouragement, freedom to do that. Um, I, I think about it like this. I don't know if you and Corey, like post-pandemic or pre-pandemic, um, are restaurant people. I think you are. You love to go yep. to fun places. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Give me give me two places that people would need to check out on a date night in our, in our region. It doesn't have to be in Brockville, but just in our region. Two places that you're like, oh, man, this is a must-go once we're allowed to. Um, is Kingston considered our region or is that too far? No, that's fine. That works for me. Woodenheads Pizza is our favorite restaurant, hands down, always has been. It's in Kingston. It's downtown on the waterfront, Ontario Street, I believe. And they make wood fired pizza in a stone oven. And it is hands down the best pizza outside of Italy. <laughs> so All good. Right. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's we. We've been talking about when things open up. That's the first date place we want to go is to go to <laughs> go to Kingston and get a wooden heads, get some wooden heads pizza. So that would be number one. And number two, oh, I'm trying to think of maybe little gems like people maybe don't know about. The Rock, I think it's called the Rockport Boathouse. Okay. Has really good wing night in the summertime when they do it on the patio right right at the riverfront right on Ex excellent wings but i don't remember which night of the week it is i want to say it's wednesday well we don't want to give that away to all of our listeners they've got to do some research they've got to this find out on their own this is right? true because yeah. if everybody shows up then it's no longer fun because there's no room for us so oh, oh totally <laughs> yeah, and it's all about us um no with that restaurant example thanks for those two gems i love it pizza and wings we're gonna get along great over the years um what, what i was thinking about is like if you're in a restaurant and whether you're celebrating a birthday anniversary special date night or just regular date night and your meal is really good we rarely take the time to let people know like if you have great service everything is just perfect you know your your whole experience is wonderful we rarely call over the manager manager and let them know hey this was fantastic i just need to let you know but if we get our food and it's served to us it's either cold maybe there's a hair in it or heaven forbid a band-aid something gross like we immediately call over the manager and we're like this is not good enough this is whatever and I always think about what could it look like if we flipped that script and be known more for not glazing over anything again that has to be dealt with. Obviously, if there's a Band-Aid in your food, yeah, it's got, you got to deal with that. You can't just sweep it under the rug. That's not a healthy thing. But if we're known more for the encouragement that comes out of our, our, our mouths, our words, the life that we bring with our words, rather than something else, I think 
I think we begin to reflect Jesus more and more. What do you think? Oh, I completely agree. All right, well said. She completely agrees, everybody. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Awesome, Emily. Well, thank you for taking the time with me today just to talk a little bit about our words, let people get to know you, get some insight into what it looks like and means to be an educator in our system right now in this pandemic season and pre-pandemic and hopefully what post-pandemic will look like. Thanks again. Appreciate all of your wisdom and insight and stories that you shared with us. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for inviting me. That's awesome. Thanks, listeners, for tuning in. We love you. We're praying for you. And don't forget to subscribe so that you get all of the new episodes of content that are being developed. Not just our talks from Sunday, but fun little conversations just like this created just for you. Have a great day. Mm -hmm.